Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome, <clears throat> excuse me, to episode 63 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I am your host, Christian Piles, joined as always by my mainest man, Willie Sailor. Willie, um, I, I guess the six days of... Um, You're a little horse. Oh, I'm extremely horse, apparently. More horse than I realize when I get my... Like, I think my regular speaking voice is actually a little better, but for... <clears throat> For whatever reason, um, hey, well, we did do fifty-four hours of radio last week, so that could have played some yeah, role. Did. did that play? Plus, some... you, uh, I don't know, was it from that or was it from our technical difficulties this morning and you screaming in your house? I was really, uh, yeah, I was frustrated. When things don't go according to plan, I get a little upset. Um, so yeah, I have never heard you like that before. Uh, in yeah, all my, in all my years. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm sorry. Um, a moment. I don't be sorry. I quite enjoyed it. Well, I hated it. Um, it was a bad half hour. It was a little dicey. Um, we figured it out. We got it, and uh, yeah, we're we're a half hour late. Nothing, nothing we could do about it. But we're here now. Um, yeah, and but between the fifty-four hours of radio and the travel home, it was a. It's been a. It's been quite quite the day, quite the couple of days, Willie. So well. You did enjoy Vegas, yeah? Oh, I mean. Uh, did enjoy this morning, but did enjoy Vegas. I loved, I loved Vegas. I loved the entire, I thought the entire uh, experience was fantastic. And I thought USA Wrestling did a, a fantastic job. Maybe, I mean, I've never been to the World Championships, but I feel like that set the bar exceedingly high. You're someone that's been World Championships. Willie, where where does it rate? Because for me, it, I I feel like it was just top notch the entire time. Uh, I thought everything worked out great. I, you know, it the tournament ran on time. It was you could, I mean, there was no issues with covering it from a from a press standpoint. Um, it seemed like the streams were all working fine. Uh, um, the wrestlers I had good warm up areas, um, good places to eat. I, I mean, I I just think. Um, it was all right there for him, as opposed to uh, the ones I've been in the past. It's a little, a little bit scattered. Um, no internet, no connectivity. Uh, I, I don't know. It just, it was very well run, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It was, um, yeah, it, it was excellent. Excellent. Vegas was a great spot for it, and um, hopefully, the. Uh, you know what? Every. <clears throat> It was the best world championships I've ever been to. I haven't been to a hundred of them, but um, if everyone was run that way, uh, I think it would be fine. I think the athletes liked it too, um, from the other countries. As it appeared, it was cool to go. Oh man, uh, it was cool to to be around them at all times, right? Like in the arena, in the elevator, in the casino, in the elevators, in the hotel. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, that was that was cool. Now, here's one thing though. For us, for us, it was you know six days of wrestling and and probably you know tack on the day before and a day after. So it was like an eight day experience. Right. Um, what do you think though? Um, what if they broke it up? What if Greco Worlds was somewhere and freestyle was another place, another time, and women were another place, another time, and it was you know three days, a weekend. I- um, no, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. 
Well, not three. Let's not have three different world championships. Let's. Yeah. I think all in one. I mean, it's a week is no one commits to or very few commit to the whole week. But I was uh, pleased with the attendance um, from Greco to women's and, and uh, to men's freestyle. I thought um, it was it was an a, more than adequate turnout. And I haven't seen any attendance numbers, but I, I, I think you heard well, the last two days. It was pretty much full. Right. It was full. And I thought day one. You know, you think uh, Greco and women's. What are you going to get? I thought the turnout was great. Um, personally, yeah, yeah, I thought the, I thought this, and I think this was pretty good for them. And consider that, um, you know, not only is freestyle the most popular in the United States, so that explains why it was full for freestyle, but it was also the weekend, and it was also, you know, only people can only afford to miss so much a time. day or two of work. A lot, most people can't miss five days of work. Right. No, I thought it. I thought it was. Uh, I I enjoyed. I I mean, the week it, it was a it was a grind for sure. But I I think if you spread it out, you really hurt the other two personally. Right. Yeah. And I think I, so. Too. And I, I worry about. I worry about that because I feel now, like... you know, for for a time, um, a freestyle. Uh, people were really frustrated with it. It was boring. Yep. You know, when when they had a three period system. People would try for one score, and that would it was it, and it would it would go two one oh one one oh, and it would be super boring, right? Terrible. Um, and then you had the whole ball draw thing, which was ridiculous. Um, but man, I feel like at least in the United States, at least the response that I got, people are loving freestyle, like loving it. Like man, I wish. Uh, Maybe we should consider changing NCAA to freestyle. I mean, I'm not saying – I don't know if we talk about that right now, but I'm talking about that's how much people enjoyed it. It's a it's a 180-degree swing from a couple years ago when people were like, man, this stinks. It did stink. It was a it was a horrible product, and I think everyone acknowledged just how, how dumb that was. And I, I agree to an extent that um, – the people are coming around more so and more so to freestyle and part of it um, are, are the rules. And I think, yeah, freestyle, I can't say it's never been in a better place because that would require knowledge of the entire freestyle existence, which I don't have. But I've never seen it better. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're, we're seeing points go up, which is good. I, yeah. I'm not going to lie, though. I, I, I'm not going to lie, though. It. You get a couple of years where when it's maybe at its purest form, and then mm -hmm. people figure out how to game it up. Uh, yeah. And one the one thing I noticed, um, and this was an American thing, and this was also a uh, you know around the world thing. What is up with this first period waiting game where it's about? Uh, it, it seemed to me uh, a lot of Americans were were just happy to get a passivity warning or or have his opponent receive one but very satisfied with not putting points on the board uh in that opening period and i think that's a, a potential problem looming and something that really bothered me especially when i'm watching american guys um get put on the shot clock and get uh hit for passivity when i think our strength is always going to be in an attacking style and not a positional pushing battle so uh, that was one thing that concerns me about the product and about uh, an american approach um with the new freestyle rules 
your thoughts, yeah, I, your thoughts, Willie. I mean, I saw that going on. I wouldn't even identify the Americans. I mean, I thought it was going on for every country, especially. Well, if I can think, well, I guess every round, but um, in the medal rounds, a final day or two. Yeah, these got these guys didn't. I mean, it was like, all right, we'll wrestle the first period without much risk, and then the second period—that's what really counts. Right, right, yeah, and I I didn't like that, and, and I don't understand that. Um, a point. It's not like it's the old system where. You know, a point in the first period doesn't mean anything in the second. Two points in the first five seconds is worth the same. So I don't, uh, I, I didn't like that that aspect of it, and I didn't like seeing Americans sucked into it. Maybe intentionally or unintentionally, I felt like we weren't uh, attacking much. Now we have exceptions. You know, J- Jordan Burroughs. Jordan Burroughs doesn't count. Christian, how much do you think the the shot clock violations? If you give up the shot clock fly, violation first. And then you can put your opponent on the shot clock second. You score that second point. You hold criteria advantage. And we saw that in the Boney rodriguez uh, Lebedev match. That's totally eliminated if that criteria changes. Yeah, maybe people are trying to get put on the shot clock My, first. Yeah, I mean, I saw, I see that. I understand that. But I'll say a couple things about that. Um, is Well, first of all, as long as it's not a Russian involved – they will call whoever's truly passive for passivity. And I would notice that, okay, a guy gets one for passivity in the first. I saw a lot of times that same guy without points will go on shot clock in the second. Brent Metcalf, he got hit three times for passivity against China. He went on the shot clock twice. Um, so I felt like it, as long as it's not Lebedev and they're not trying to screw Bonnie Rodriguez, that um, they, they were pretty fair about it and – they didn't let it become that kind of game, though it could happen. It, it didn't happen much in my observation. Yeah. You know, for all the – there was some atrocious officiating calls. There was oh. some atrocious – like there was some calls that were like, oh, my God, that's terrible. But if you look at the amount of matches that were wrestled and if you look at how passive was called and a lot of the judgment calls – Overall, there's going to be the egregious ones that we sit back and be like, no, this can't happen. But overall, I thought the officiating was pretty good, even in situations that weren't uh, life or death, I, like like right. the passive like the passive calls. Sure, I thought they were I thought they were pretty consistent. I do. Oh, I I would completely agree with that. Um, but when uh, when egregious moments rear their head, yeah, it, it's it's. It almost makes it worse because it's like, well, we've seen, listen, it's the same officials, right? Like there's, mm-hmm. there's not, it's not like there's a thousand different officials. It's a small group of the same, the most highly touted quote unquote officials in the world. And they're calling it one way the entire time. But some reason we get a different nation up there. and We all know what I'm talking about and, and things go out the window. And it goes inconsistent. And that's why it's like, oh, we'll give them a bad call. They were good so much of the time. That actually is kind of what makes it worse because they've shown they know how to call it right. So to completely swing and miss uh, against Bonnet Rodriguez, um, 
against a guy that was so incredibly inactive and so passive against a guy that was running away for 30 seconds and you don't hit him for fleeing the hold. When we've seen Willie, we've seen fleeing the hold called at different times. It makes it so much worse, right? Like, so while you give him an attaboy for being 98% good and on point, the 2% isn't bad. It's egregious. And and that's where, where I have issue. The one call that I saw that wasn't called consistently, fling the hole. We saw a Dayton fix oh at Cadet gosh. Worlds. We saw it several times throughout the weekend, mostly in freestyle, late in the match. Sometimes they would let guys run. Sometimes they would not. Lebedev was on both sides of the call. The one time he did not get called for uh, the caution and one. And then Amit Kumar, the very next round, got called for the caution and one. So that was the one situation And ironically, I saw, both wasn't. went in his favor. Yes, yes, yes. And it's... You know, uh, it's bad when 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 it goes like that, and I uh, I don't know what. Yeah, I, I mean, I know what you're saying about you know 98.5 percent of the time they officiate it good, which makes the egregious even more egregious because you think they know how to call it because they've been consistent. But I mean, uh, for sure. But I I would take the 98.5 percent uh, uh, reliability. Just because I've seen other tournaments, other world championships where it hasn't been close to that uh, efficiency. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. The problem uh, I have too, and this is, it's, 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 this. do you want it? It's uh, sorry, Willie. It's like, do you want, do you want ineptitude, um, or do you want, you know, uh, almost corruption? It's like, which do you prefer? And I don't know the answer. Cause it's like some of those just seem like corrupt calls that do that, I want what? that like um so you either have a, a ref that is completely inept and clueless about rules or a good ref who will occasionally be corrupt and we saw it but really we both and I saw with our own eyes the Russian official telling the Russian coaches what to do in the Lebedev Bonne match so that's why it's not conspiracy theory stuff it's like stuff we all saw you know. So it's like, what do you want, ineptitude or, or corruption? It's kind of one or the other. You know what I'm saying? Can you hear me, Willie? Oh, no, I lost him. Where'd he go? We've been having uh, the H – okay, so get this. It looks like they're uh, offline right now. The, the HQ, like, randomly loses internet, and it's not ideal for a tech company that runs a website to just – had the internet be lost on occasion. Are you back, Willie? You there, buddy? I'm here now, bud. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe technical, it? Technical difficulties. Yeah, it's probably going to happen again. Uh, so, yeah, our tech company struggles with internet things. I don't know why. Um, but, uh, so I don't even know if you heard my point, Willie, uh, about ineptitude versus corruption. Like, we saw that Russian lady official Telling well, that's that's what Russian... I was going to say. Yeah. Right? When, when, one of the first world championships I went to, it was uh, China or Japan. I like uh, it wasn't in China or Japan. It was actually in Budapest. But I'm sitting on press row, and there's a I, th I believe it was Japan uh, wrestling, and you know when the, the the officials rotate right, and when they're not on the mat, they, I mean they go they go they go mat chair judge or some sort of permutation they rotate and then when they're not on they go and they sit in these row of chairs 
you know, in, in like a bullpen type concept, right? Mm-hmm. And I was watching uh, a Japanese match, and a Japanese official was back in the chairs, kind of rooting, cheering, bouncing around, telling the coaches in the Japanese corner what to do, should you do this, do that, not challenge, challenge. And I thought, man, that that is not cool at all. No. And uh, and that got to stop. And then in the in the Bone Rodriguez match with Lebedev, that was happening with the, the female Russian official is literally saying challenge, yeah, challenge, no, no challenge, no, like that can't go on. Right. I mean, we saw we saw that guys. It was. The camera was voice facing the other direction, but it, it happened. I saw it. You saw it. Luke Eustace saw it. Um, it, it so yeah, it can't happen. So I mean, my question was: she's literally up out of her chair, behind the judge, behind the chair. Yeah, T- tell behind, behind the officials. I mean, she's right behind the official, telling them what to do. So we can't. And I, I'm sorry. It's just it's the constant drip, drip, drip of. Russian getting calls, okay? And it's, it, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist guy. It's happening in front of my face, and I'm not an idiot, and I know what I'm looking at. So it's something that, uh, it's a tough problem for that United World Wrestling has to try to solve, as this is maybe culturally ingrained with, with some of the officials. Now, like we said, so much of it, they, they get it right, but it, it's almost like you prefer them screwing up a call uh, and just getting it wrong rather than them being basically corrupt, right? It's like make uh, make a bad judgment. Oh, I, I blew that call. Like that's gonna happen. But well, what like, I think what I think needs to happen is accountability. If these people, if, if there's officials that screw up, if there's a, officials that make egregious calls, if there's officials that are blatantly cheering for their country or assisting them to get calls, they sh- they should never work a world championship again ever. Ever they shouldn't do a any any or, sort of or United some, World or some Wrestling side, some sort of five year ban or three year ban or something, but uh, they need to be held accountable because that is unconscionable. Okay, and almost you know what bothers me more about the officials? This is kind of a different vein. I cannot stand these egomaniac control freaks and how they neuter the celebrations and it's not all some of them let it go okay but these guys that are you know a guy just won a world title and he's like get up and do this and move here and move there and they're not letting go of the guy's wrist after they've completely rotated just such egomaniacs that want it to be about them it's it's horrible it's like no listen refs every ref out there nobody cares about you no one even wants to see you Make the calls, stay out of the way, and have nothing to do with it. Okay, that's that's all that we want. No well, one cares. How many, how many people did you? How many referees did you see do that? It was uh, I don't know, five, maybe. Really, that many? Yeah, yeah. Did you watch the end of the Bonnet uh, Lebedev match? Yeah, uh, I don't. Oh well, yeah, we I, watched. There was it. so much going on. Right, that I, was I that was crazy. Well, wa- so, go back and watch it. Uh, there was again. one in particular that the guy won a world title or or was bronze, and and the referee was like, that was the that was the worst one to me. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. I don't care if it just because something happens rarely, 
it doesn't matter. It's like, well, I don't kill people hardly ever. You know, well, it's like, here, here, it, should, it should just never happen. There should be a message from the United World Wrestling. Stop bossing these guys around after the match. Well, Stop. Here's the thing. They tell them to be assertive, but they, they apply it the wrong way. You, you, know? you Be assertive when you're saying, you know, no fingers and you're wagging the finger in the face. That's bad enough, but that's at least tied to the wrestling and the, mm-hmm. the adjudication of a match, okay? So what? whatever, that's fine. Do that. It's not a great look, but I understand that. But once it's over, it, it's over. And, yeah, you hold their wrists, whatever. But if the guy's trying to get away, you don't hang on to him like he's your four-year-old in Walmart, okay? He's a man. Let him go. Stop making it about you. Yeah. I mean, uh, they, I mean they, do, they do go overboard. They go well, overboard. Well, in the same on – the, they definitely go overboard, and that's just – that's just people being weird. I mean, I would, it would weirdos, never, weirdos. It would never even cross my mind to do some of the things that they're doing. But, um, how about the guys, how about the wrestlers that lose and lay on the mat for like a minute? Like, yeah. Then don't get up. Like I, 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 in those instances, I do want the ref to like, let's go. Like, get up. Like, what are you doing? Now, you lost I, the match. Get going. I, I don't, I don't even care about that. I mean, it's like, he'll get up when he gets up, but, um, I'm I'm fine with you know just raise the other guy's hand. I don't even understand why they both have to be standing there. Whatever, uh, maybe that's just me. Um, I don't think that's a big deal. But yeah, I, I I understand what you're saying. But for the most part, it just annoys me to see it uh, done that way. Okay. Um, there's there's our officials rant um, that occurs every show. Oh. Willie, um, it's a prerequisite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just has to happen. Um, so where, where do you want to get to? You want to get to this, uh, uh, the big, uh, one of the big themes throughout was the, the bracketing of, uh, of these tournaments, hammers hitting early and it, it brought about, I think Americans, we, we have this, this culture of seating and seating's important and this and that. And, and it is, and I don't think the way United World Wrestling does it is the best way, but let me say this before we even get into this discussion. The idea of seeding this tournament is is patently insane. It will never. It, it is. Listen, first of all, be, it will never happen. Second of all, it is not possible to accurately seed these. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about it. I mean, as soon every every single day, this is unfair. This is unconscionable. This can't happen. These here's the math behind it and there's going to be more guys and it's going to be you're a, you are 48% 48.7% less likely to place if you are in the 32 man to unbalanced side um uh well that is crazy I, I, listen i'm over like i don't i don't care about it the best guy is going to win uh, if he and you know should he have to go through a tougher road you know when you say it's a when you say it's a tougher road, oh, how can you how can you have sixteen guys up top and thirty two in the bottom? You know what it results in? One more match. It's one more match. It's a it's a pigtail, but it's they're all grouped together. Now, what on the, on the positive side of that? There is a positive side of that because when pigtails are spread out, um, I might wrestle a first round match and then my second round match is against a guy that's fresh. So there is a positive in to having unbalanced brackets. Now, the negative part of that, so I'm okay with that. 
the negative part of that, and what I get, what I do get, is that when you have 32 down here and 16 up top, there's obviously mathematically a better chance to have more talent aggregated in the bottom half. Right. That's so where it, that's where it gets. So that's silly. where it gets. So that's where it does get dicey. And maybe they could put in. Here's the thing. Maybe they could put in some kind of tier system where. Um, if you're returning gold, you go at the very, very top. And if you are returning silver, you go at the very, very bottom. And maybe the bronze goes in what we would call the three and four spots. And, and maybe, maybe that would help. Um, I think it probably would help. I think that would probably be the best-case scenario. However, they, they don't have that. And I, it's not, the the, it's not the best, but I can deal with it. I don't know why people have such a hard time. All right, here, here's why it's it just doesn't make sense, okay? You don't you don't wrestle the Super Bowl between the – I mean, why not just wrestle or have the Pats play the Seahawks right away? They were the two best teams. Like, it, it doesn't make sense. It makes sense to have that natural climax. Okay. It, you can't always make it happen. But it, imagine, imagine, Willie, if Godoyev Burroughs – was the last match of the night. I mean, we make the finals a bigger deal, right? We we prop them up. We do the musics. We down the lights. We make a big spectacle. Well, why would we do it if it's if it's a lame match? Well, we do it because it's supposed to be the two best guys. And it's supposed to be the most important match. And it is the most important match, but we don't have the best guys in it always. And it's a, mostly avoidable. Um, and I think... Well, look, wait, let me... Hold on. Godoyev has no right to be ranked whatsoever. I mean, no right to be seated. I mean, he's what, a, what, he what won, did he ever? He won Europeans. So what? He's so never what? Won he won a continent. He won Europeans. What do you? How can he's you never say won so a what? World medal. He's never won a world medal. Well, he has now. Regardless, it doesn't matter. Right, so next year he could. Next year he could be seated. Next year he could wrestle Burroughs round one, actually, um, which is terrible, and because they're so okay, clearly the two best guys. Down, you're going down a slippery slope. What's slippery about it? They should the best guys shouldn't you, hit her. Why would you why would you seed Godoyev this year? Alright, who, who don't don't get hung up on that. Don't get hung up on that. Oh, so you're saying What if it was Sargush? What if it was Sargush? What if it was Sargush? Sargush is a returning world champion, of course. But it wouldn't have they still would have hit in the semis. I know, but we're talking theory. I, I know. I, I I just thirty seconds ago said that a separation would be better. Okay. So we should be separating these guys. It's it's not hard. If you're a world medalist, the last but, two but or three years, on, but it, it, they can't, and it will never be, based on rankings. It has to no, be. No, I don't think so. It has to be. It has to be based. Kadoyev didn't even beat Sargosh. I know. I know that. So I mean, what? By what right does he have? Just because? Whatever. You cannot do it on continentals. It has to be world medal separation. And um, and it has to be to me. It has to be the individual because some people were positive. Oh yeah, that is so some, dumb. Some people were positing that because a Sargush um, won, you know, because Russia won seventy four last year, that whatever entry Russia puts into this year, he should get that separation criteria. That's no, dumb. I'm that, completely concerned. Yeah, that would be so dumb. That would be like giving Keyshawn Hayes the one seed at 141 for Ohio State next year. Like, right, exactly. It's, it's silly. I hope it. I hope that that would never come to be. But 
uh, separating medalists, I think, was good. I mean, you don't want Lopez and Makov in round one. You know, it's just not. No. It's not ideal. It's not. I mean, the product should have a natural build and build and build. And I know you can't guarantee it across every level. And I know great matches are going to happen early. But we can do a little bit better, just a small tweak, and we can make it so we get that climax at the end. And I, I, sure. think, I think that's what we and should. And don't don't look past the upsets, right? Because of I mean, a, Sa- a Salas, Salas loses to the, Venezuela. Yeah, and those are still going to happen. And that's that's another thing that um, kind of the people who support this completely random draw. It's like, well, you would never have these early round great matches. Sure, you would. I mean, who who knew who Batbold was? You know, who mm-hmm. knew who a lot of the, 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 the Uzbek that made the finals of 65, we, you are going to have great wrestling from yep. start to finish. I promise you, regardless of separation or no. And we didn't have great early round matches simply because of, um, the, it being random draw. We had great wrestling because there are so, the world is so good. The world mm-hmm. is so unbelievably good and it is so hard. And great wrestlers hit early because all these. Yeah, guys no, I mean, hey, there's been so much talk about the unbalanced brackets. There's been so much talk about the unbalanced draws by the American fans who are not used to. It. I there was a a, a, a foreign guy. I, I forget who it was, but it was obviously not somebody from America. And he said to me, uh, he was reading all these comments too, and he said, um, "Fairness is purely an American concept." <laughs> really. Yeah, but anyway, um, I wonder if it is. You know, the United States just isn't used to it. They're not used to. They're used to seating and a meritocracy. Uh, where I, you, you deserve this and you have earned this. Um, whereas, you know, the life, the lifestyle of the international draws are: throw them in a batch, and the winner comes out. Right. Right. Which which makes sense. I mean, it in the purest sense that makes sense. But we're talking about the marketing of a sport and and the building of it, and that's uh, yeah. No, hey, again, uh, I am. I know. Not, you, I know. I am not saying that it's the best system. I'm saying it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers other people. Yeah. For, for uh, me, I really like that. You get to see a lot more of the matchups. How many times you see an anticipated final get blown up by an upset? And in that 57 kilograms, we had a premier match every single round. So I kind of liked it in that situation. You know, we had Boney Rodriguez and Lebedev early. We had Kumar the, the round after, Rahimi and Ramos. Then we have Jong. So every single round, you had a premier match. And I thought that third quarter in the 74 kilograms was the best the best little bracket. The best oh, little Kurbanov, uh, Shabanov, and Hasanov and Godoyev, all four. Yeah. That's not ideal. Um, considering what, you know, the top side. Uh, oh, the top side was was pretty. I mean, we knew it. We said it before. Burroughs will tech whoever he gets in the finals, and he did. Yeah. We we just knew that was a very weak side. Um, yeah, and to to Brock's point, yes, we did have um some good early matchups, but we also had like 10, 11 title contenders at that weight too. Like that was just like one of the deepest weights, um, it, out of all the fields. So. You were gonna get those great early, early matches. Um, dang, Willie, where where to go next, man? We could go so many. Well, I'd say we do this one or the other. We either talk about some of the foreigners that we loved, or we mm. talk about the American performance. You you decide. Let's go USA first. Okay. Let's let's get to the U.S. Americans. Um, 
<laughs> I if you guys Christian and I consistently said U.S. Americans when uh, <laughs> during Flow Radio Live during the event, and if you don't know where that comes from, it, it comes from the Miss USA pageant, Miss Junior, Junior Miss USA, like uh, like for example, such as the Iraq. Yeah, and her, she just gave an epically stupid uh, question and answer um, during the pageant, and she referred to Americans as U.S. America. Well, I think most U.S. Americans. So whenever there was a, our guys were up, we called them U.S. Americans. Yes, yes, we did. Let's start. um, I think this will. We'll start with the winners, the good. Kyle Snyder. um, That was. Oh, I mean, that was one of the most incredible wrestling experiences I've ever had. Probably the most. To be there and watch that match materialize the way it did. Um, I I couldn't... I, you, we kind of always said it. Willie, I mean, you said it. Brock said it. We all kind of said, Snyder can win this, right? Like, well, I, Snyder, I, I you, just had the feeling. I just, I just had a gut feeling. Um, and especially when I saw his draw, oh, amazing um, draw! I said, but actually, geez, no, no, it was not a good draw. It was not actually because Olenek was draw. so good uh, on paper. I, I just felt like Snyder was going to get to the finals. I thought it was a super tall task to beat Gadisov, but I just had a gut feeling, and I think I even tweeted it: Kyle Snyder is going to be in the finals tonight. Um, and he opened up. He opened up with a world medalist. Yeah, tough two one. That was one of his closest matches. Um, that that kid was Olenek of Ukraine, who was dang good, and uh, you know he he lost a Snyder first round, came back and won bronze, took bronze. Yeah, yeah, he was really good. I thought uh, I think w- with Snyder, uh, the 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 pressure that I think immediately gets placed on him is kind of insane for a nineteen year old. I mean. The the standard now is is gold or nothing, right? Like it's, I and I worry he is he going to be a victim of his own success? I hope not. I don't I don't know, but you can't get better than gold. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, that's he, that's that's a little bit of the that's a little bit what I saw in Pico too. Like as far as the American fans and a little bit of even even Jordan Burroughs when you know you take bronze last year, um, Aaron Pico. Uh, took silver last year and, and this year dropped the match and took bronze. And it's like the American, they, most of the American fans are like, oh, well, you know, he ain't what he used to be. Like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. so if you tell me if Kyle Snyder takes silver in the Olympics, uh, he regressed. I mean, like, uh, it just blows my mind. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no, that was that was one of the points. But that match, uh, we're not gonna, we're not a recap show. We're we're not gonna. You know, you saw what happened. If you didn't, what's your problem? Um, I thought it was great. But it brings up a point, Willie, and something I think we're in agreement on, unfortunately. Um, the the concept of, of pace. Uh, yeah. and, and I think, listen, I'm not here to tell you that conditioning is overrated and pace is, you know, not important. But I think Americans do overrate it a, a bit and everyone's like he gassed Gadisov. I'm like may no. I, I don't know I don't I didn't see it that way I saw Gadisov score one point in the first period and four in 
in the second. And I saw him scoring up until the last 10 seconds. So, yes, you look at Gadisov, You see how slow he is to get back to center. You see the big gasps of breath. That guy was wrestling really, really well for six minutes and probably did his best wrestling in the second period. Late, right. So, Gide- yeah. Snyder just out-skilled him, okay? Don't look at – yeah. Far too often people look at body language. I I do it sometimes too, and it's sort of a predictor sometimes. But Kyle Snyder, I will defend this forever. Kyle Snyder did not beat Gadisov because he was better conditioned, because he because he outpaced him, because he fatigued him. Kyle Snyder beat Gadisov because Kyle Snyder was a better wrestler. Yes, yes, and I I just think we can't. I, I think that's an important point, and I think it's something that um, I, I don't know. I just don't like. Well, this. are you applying this? Are you applying the um, the American dynamic, the Amer- American mindset of go out there, get them tired, fight, get them tired, wear them down, we'll fatigue them. Are you applying that to Snyder? Are you looking at other wrestlers? Um, I, I'm looking. I'm looking at. Uh, at other wrestlers who may be trying to apply that. I think you just got I think Americans just just need to attack more. I think we spend too much time in the hand fight thinking we're wearing a guy out and it's just the, I, I think it's a false narrative. And who it, all right, here's the thing. Here here's what it all boils down to for me. You get a Russian tired, they still are good. They're still really good if they are tired. It it doesn't even Put us in a position of advantage who, necessarily. Outside of outside of heavyweights who who felt it was their job to gas, um, who gassed? Did anybody gas? Yeah, I, uh, I don't across, know. Across the whole entire world, uh, there was this. There was one guy. <laughs> there was one guy. Oh, what was that match? That poor guy. Remember, remember when I said, "Oh, he's done," and and then you were like, "I don't know," and then the he very did next one, else, and you were like, "Yep, yep, he's done." But he um, was done because, in my opinion, because there was, and here's here's part of it, when there are actual flurries and holds, and that guy's attacking oh, legs, and you're attacking, there was, was a lot. There was Russian against Gore from Turkey. Yes. He just hit a wall. At 70. He was um, winning 8-2 and got beat 9-2. Right, 8-2. So 10 points were scored, right? That's what gets guys tired. I, even though he was given up, he, he scored a bunch of points. There were so many scoring flurries, not getting in a tie and pulling on the head and moving them around and getting hit for passivity or maybe getting worn for passivity. That stuff does isn't what gets guys tired anyways. You know what I mean? Like leg attacks and making that guy take leg attacks and finish like that's what what wears guys out, not just the the moving of a guy around. In my opinion, and that's all it is. It's an opinion that I have that could be wrong. That's just how I see it. All right. Well, keeping with, keeping with, okay, we, that's Snyder. Keeping with the American um, discussion, Jordan Burroughs. We'll, we'll hit the medalist first. Mm. Uh, Jordan Burroughs, thoughts on his tournament? I mean, when we when we saw the bracket, um, we pretty much knew that he had to win a semi to win a world title. Yeah. I mean, as good as Burroughs is. Yeah, that that was understood. I think. Perpetually, we underrate. I, I think we see his dominance, and we think most most he's just so much more skilled than everybody. And I think we lose sight of the fact of how many. Do you guys realize how many dicey 
dicey in the balance matches that guy has wrestled. How many ones where it maybe doesn't even look good for him? Maybe he's backs against the wall. Maybe it's really close. Maybe it's tied. How many times this guy's back has get, been against the wall and how many times he wins? I mean, he just doesn't lose in those situations. Uh, I mean, it, that to me is Jordan's most underrated attribute. Is his, yeah. his heart, you can call it heart, you can call it just being incredibly clutch, you can call it incredible self-belief that he's going to get the points he needs. Um, whatever it is, it is what makes him the best wrestler in the world, in my opinion. There might be, I mean, the the, the perception of Jordan Burroughs is, uh, I think from most people, is that he's so incredibly dominant and he has this skill set and he's uh, he's really tough to beat. But I think it's been proven that there are guys that are pretty much as good as him. <laughs> and the fact of the matter is, he's gritty. He's more gritty and he's more mentally tough. Because, I mean, look, he scratched out a win against Kadoyev. He he has scratched out wins against other guys. He was losing to Shabanov 6-2 or something like that uh, at Medved or whatever he was. Yeah. Uregan or something like that. And he came back and won that match. I mean, yeah. He's, He's been in those situations. Sargush a couple times uh, has had him in trouble, in tough matches. Um, Godarzi gave him tough matches, in the balance matches. He just finds ways to win. I mean, remember his first world championship? The guy, um, the dirty cheating guy, is like slapping his ear, just doing everything he can. And he was losing, and he was taking double eggs and getting exposed and getting screwed on the calls, and he just figured it out. He found a way to win late. It's just we've seen it so many times. Um, I, I just think that's the one thing we as fans need to remember is he's not just the best skill for skill. He's got the the biggest heart and the most uh, the best mind in, in wrestling in, in terms of being cool under pressure and never never losing it in the moment. And I think that's that will always be maybe the first thing I tell uh, people about Jordan Burroughs, not not his double leg. Right, agree a hundred percent. Um, so it looks good for, you know, Jordan Burroughs makes four world medals for him, uh, three in an Olympic. Yeah. Um, well, actually it's his fifth world medal, his fourth gold. Yeah. Five, five straight medals. He's like 114 and two or something now, something, something like that. Something crazy. And so he'll be, you know, still among the favorites or the favorite in Rio, uh, be interesting to see what countries send whom. Um, yeah, and another interesting dynamic with with Burroughs with this gold, he is once again in the finals uh, of the challenge tournament. So you you wonder, do guys take a look at that and be like, "I'm going up, I'm going down, I'm I'm not gonna." Well, look, you have to not only beat him two out of three mm-hmm. in Iowa in the trials, then you also would have to outplace him in an international tournament. Is that still the the thing? That was the Zeke era thing. I don't know if that's... I, I don't think the international stipulation is in the rules right now. Oh, is that right? Right. Yeah, I, I, was, don't... Under the, I was under the impression they would still have to outplace them in an international tournament. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> if Burroughs loses, I would hope that's the case, but I don't I don't see that. I mean, come on. Who's going to beat... Is beating Jordan two out of three times is, is just insane. It's an insane proposition. 
um, yeah. giving him a full day's rest. I mean, you just got to look at this pragmatically if you're one of these elite 74s and be like, man. And after seeing Jake Herbert not look very Herbert-ish, uh, I, I don't know if that moves anyone in that direction. I don't think so because I think if you're already thinking about 86, you already know that um, you know beating Herbert is probably more likely than beating Burroughs if you're just thinking of about it, you know, common sense wise. So I, I don't know if that mattered or not, but it can't it can't help or hurt you from wanting to go that way, right? Yeah. Uh I mean I would go up if I was ever anyone. If I was anyone, yeah. I would go up. Yeah. I mean it may not I mean someone's gotta say I mean a guy like Marable, I think there, there's no way he goes up after being a seventy. Um, and being the one guy in America that's ever beaten him, albeit it was like 4-4. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I think that's what we'll see. I think that's one of the most interesting. It's a new storyline. Who's going to be going up to 86? I think we'll see some of that. And uh, qualifying these weights now becomes a premium. The United States men's freestyle team only qualified. Only qualified two. two. Only two weights. Um Hey, speaking of speaking of, um, well, okay, we'll talk about let's talk about qualifying. You know, you have three more chances to qualify the weight, or actually, Pan, yeah, Pan three, Am's three, Pan Am Pan Am qualifier, or no Pan Am Pan Am's right, and then you have no the Pan Am qualifier, right? Beats me. I don't think so. I think so. I have it. I mean, I have it right here somewhere. Some Pan Am thing. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Excuse me. No, this is where you, you can, Pan American Qualification Tournament. Okay? You have to place top two there, right? You have to place top two. That's going to be in Texas, right outside That of needs Dallas. to have true second, for the record. What What if Ramos has Bonet on his side? That's nonsense. Well, I, yeah, I don't know if they have true second, but. That uh, is terrible if they don't. You have to place top two at Pan American Qualification Tournament. That's in Dallas uh, in the spring. And then um, if you don't there, and remember, you know what's going to come into play is Cuba didn't qualify anybody. Right. Oh, so, so they're, they're going to be sending Lopez Escui, and not that we need to qualify that way, but Salas and whoever we send are at right, 86. Gonna, we have to qualify 84, 86, and – Cuba has to qualify Salas, so that's a guy that, you know, that's going to take one of the spots. You almost have to be certain of it. Right, so you feel like 57 and 86 are going to be tough to qualify at that tournament. I mean, actually, and guess who actually else? no, they're not actually going to be that tough to qualify. Guess it's, who else didn't place? Who? Uh, guess who else didn't qualify? The Venezuelan that beat Salas. Right, so at 86 is going to so, be nasty. I like our 86 against anyone but Salas, including that guy. I don't know what Salas was doing against that dude. That was just, I don't know. Whatever it was. Right, but what I'm saying is it ain't easy. Right. Pan Ams ain't going to be easy uh, for these guys. And then, so if you don't qualify at Pan Ams, now, it's not Pan Ams. It's a Pan Am qualification tournament. Um, If you don't qualify there, the next one is in – Mongolia. The first, the first world qualification tournament in Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. So uh, have a have a nice trip to Mongolia. And if you <laughs> if you don't qualify there, then there's one two weeks later, uh, the second and final 
um, World Qualification Tournament is in Istanbul. When, do you know when these are, like, month-wise? Yeah. Uh, Spit those. Because it's interesting in the dynamic of... Uh... So so the, the Pan Am Qualification Tournament is March 4th through 6th. Um, we might have that on flow, by the way. Uh, the... The first, if so, if you don't qualify there, you have to go to the first world qualifying tournament, which is in Mongolia, April 22nd. And then if you don't qualify there, it's Istanbul, Turkey, May 6th. All right. Now, the interesting dynamic is how this translates for for trials. As you recall, last time in 2012, we sent Bunch and Humphrey to go qualify the way. So Scott got to wrestle in the Olympic qualifier, won that, and then won outright over those two at Beat the Streets. Uh, so that was not an ideal situation Mm-mm. for determining our world team. And I hope, gosh, I hope that we just get it done at Pan Ams and we don't have to get into this weird. Because if you want to qualify the way, you can't have the guy wrestle at trials, period. You can't do that. You can't have him win the trials and then two weeks later make way and think he's going to be at his best in Mongolia or the other place in May. So you've got to – maybe the trials winner could go in May for the second one if we don't get it. But uh, other than that, I, I don't know. Um, well, so- it would be – so the trials are – and the 10th, it would be 12 days later. In Mongolia, they'd have to make weight again. Right, yeah, that's not possible. I'm saying the one later, uh, the one that's in May. Maybe the trials winner could go to that now, one. Now, the one in Mongolia, they qualify the top three. Top, so if you win a bronze, or is there like a true bronze thing? It says, it says three. How the freak does that work? There might, maybe there's a true bronze, I don't know. Yeah. So, but and the one in the one in Turkey, you only qualify top two again. Oh, Jeez, we got to get it done at Pan Ams, man. That is so dicey. Uh, last year, or last Olympics, we were able to send everybody. Um, but it was it was nip and tuck there. And we barely qualified 60 the cycle before that. Actually, we really didn't. Um, do you remember that fiasco? That that Zadik got to go, but it was only because one guy got somebody, hurt and someone somebody, got yeah. in a wreck on the way to the airport. Yep. And we got to go. So we didn't really technically qualify it outright we were just like one of the few guys ready and able so we got to go then um so yeah that's a gonna be something to follow moving forward keep your eye on uh, our ability to qualify uh, all right so let, let's weights. also talk about okay first i want to talk about the, the rest of the team i want to talk about ramos and reese and brent and everybody else but uh, you brought up interest well we didn't talk about james all right so james had a really good tournament i know that you're not as high on the non-Olympic weights as I, – I say a world title is a world title, a world medal is a world medal. Um, but James is obviously going to go down uh, to 65 kilograms. Um, but let's talk about some of the most interesting worldwide up and downs for the Olympic years. Yeah, um, well, he is, he is certainly a very interesting one. Gaji Magomedov of Russia didn't say – um, what what he's doing, but we do know, and I I believe, I I wouldn't be surprised to see him go down for a couple reasons. One, he he ain't beating Godoyev. Two, I mm. think his frame, uh, it's possible he could get down there. Uh, but on the other side, yes, Daniel Chirati is definitely going up, and um, 
Yeah. Yeah, yes, Danny Tarati is going up. Um, Bat Bold. That's huge. Bat Bold is down. Um, no, no. I mean, Bat Bold is up. You know, he's, yeah. he told us, we actually saw him in an elevator and asked him. And uh, he said he's going 65 up, which he's, he's a little small. He's a lot small for that, in my opinion. But he's pretty jacked. Um, so that's uh, some of the interesting ones. Aliyev, Haji Aliyev, I think he's probably going to go up. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's what he did last year or this year, whatever you want to call it. He wrestled at uh, a couple tournaments at 65, which suggests to me if he's not making the cut down to 61 – uh, he's a big 61. So he's one of those guys kind of gets, he gets hosed by these stupid weights going yeah. from 57 to 65, um, you know, 16 pounds, more than 18 pounds, I guess, probably technically between, between the two is, is nonsense, but that's just, Hey, you got to deal with it. Yeah. Man. I wish, I wish 61 and 70 were both in, but, and I also wish that Aliyev could make 57, but it's going to be tough for him. Uh, uh, he's not gonna make. He's not gonna be Azgrah. Oh heck no, heck no. Yeah, he better get skinny. Who did Who did uh, Azerbaijan have at fifty seven this year? I don't know that he really registered for me, unless I'm just completely spacing on who it was. Um, oh, I'll look it up quick. But um, anybody else interesting? No, I th I think those are the main ones. And to your point about I don't whatever you said about the no the non Olympic weights. It's not that I don't uh, – I'm belittling the accomplishment. It's just when we're talking pound-for-pound pound considerations, um, they, they are inherently and inarguably lighter fields. That That's just what has happened. I mean, we, we've got a lot of – I mean, Shabanov does, didn't go down there. Why do you think? I mean, he's going up. So I, I think they're just not as strong. But it's it, – Last year, we did not get a medal there last year, and we medaled this year at, at 70. So I think it's a, it's a huge, huge deal. And, I, man, it's it's hard to pick against James Green after what we just saw. Um, how much of the, the cut will affect him? We'll, we'll see. And no, you, know who, uh, you know who Azerbaijan's 57 was this year? Who? Amir Aslanov, who... Spencer Lee beat in Cadet World Finals last year. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Um, wow. Spencer Lee is so good. Um, okay. So that's uh, up or down. We went over some of that. Um, we got six minutes. Do you want to um, – what, what do you well, want to get? Let's hit, the, let's hit the other guys. Let's hit, hit the, the Americans. Other... Okay, U.S. Oops. Americans. All right. There's two different ways you can look at Let, – let's let's segment the, the Iowa guys. Let's hit them. 57 – Ramos, 65, Metcalf. Ramos wins his first two, um, and then he gets Rahimi, okay? And he's in a position to maybe, uh, you know, win. He's right there, 20 seconds. Rahimi's on the clock. That was earned, and that was going to put Ramos in the lead if he didn't already have it. Gets in on a shot. Ramos goes for a crotch lift that's not there and loses. So you can say, man, we... We should have won that one. Come on, Tony. Or you can say, that's the world finalist. That's the guy who was five seconds away from winning it all again. And Tony once again proves he's right there. And I honestly, I, I throw that his his repechage match was uh, as bad as I've seen Tony look. And I don't even consider that 
Uh, he just didn't wrestle well there at all. I think, mm-hmm. and and he kind of mentioned this. Tony makes no excuses, but uh, I think it was still in his in, in his, his head. in his mind a little bit. You know, I almost was there, and now I'm wrestling for the thing I don't really want. I want gold, and that's his standard. And I I think that was not the best representation of Tony in that repechage match. I don't. I think there was a lot going on with Tony. I think in his early round matches. Um, I think he was his first match. I think he was really cautious um, yeah. and, and a little nervous. And then uh, against Rahimi, I, I think you know his second match. I thought he was more fluid. He, he was fought less. He wrestled more. Well, um, I even remember it, there he he waited a little while to make flurries happen. Like I feel like he Tony has so much offense, but I feel like he doesn't. I felt like he didn't show right, it I, enough or force as many flurries. I think he ended up getting into a rhythm I, 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 by the end of the match, um, my my opinion. Uh, and then Rahimi, it was just one bad decision. It was a bad decision. He had that match won. He had that match won. Um, I, you know where I am with Tony Ramos? Um, I am at this stage of Tony Ramos's freestyle progression at this stage of where Tony Ramos is right now. I feel as if Tony Ramos could be anybody in the world, but he could also lose to people he shouldn't. Like, I just feel like any his matches could go either way all the time. Right, right. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, uh, I, yeah, I, I feel likewise. I do, uh, maybe to a further degree, believe he holds holds back more than he, more than he should. I mean, he won his, his first one. He won ten one. He won three three. His second match, like that, was the one where he, his back was against the wall and he made stuff happen and he won. And it's like you could have done that the whole time, Tony. I I believe like mm-hmm. that. And with Metcalf, I he's another one. You have to look at it uh, a different way as well because it's like, did he? And we'll probably never ever find out because they're they're not going to make that excuse. But when he hit his head against the Chinese guy, we don't know to the degree in which that affected his wrestling and how much carried over that had. To, to me, he didn't look right the whole time. He To me, that was not a Brent Metcalf I don't think I've ever seen. I don't think he was right the whole time. Yeah. I don't know. He he did, He looked tired out of the gates. I just – I don't think he was all clicking. I, I don't either. And, I mean – Brent Metcalf got put on the shot clock like five times or got hit for passivity five different times in two matches. His match against China and his match against um, Mohammadi. What? Five times in two matches? Hit for passivity that many times. And they... they oh, oh, oh. Not on the clock, though. But hit for passivity five times, whatever you want to call it. A stall warning five times. That cannot happen in Brent Metcalf matches. You know, that's not who he is. He's got to be the one... Taking the attacks and and uh, make and I felt like we were on the call at the time. I don't feel like any of them were like inappropriate. I felt like they were earned calls. So he's he's right there to to. But at the same time, we're saying this about a guy who was right there to beat Muhammadi. Who, uh, yeah, he loses. He didn't win win at all. But that was arguably the best guy at the weight. Chimizo made it happen. No, no question about it. But Mohammedy was good enough to win that weight, and Metcalf was good enough to beat Mohammedy. So it's always like, yeah, we lose, but yeah, we're right there. 
Um, there's not much to say as, as we're running out of time for Ray, Humphrey, and Herbert, other than they didn't look very good. Let's, uh, we can go. We can go over time, a couple minutes, if you want. Yeah, we can't go too much. I, I mean, it's it's not. There isn't a whole lot to say about them, right? Uh, but I, I, Herbert didn't look right either. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I, I mean, mean, Ray Ray's our backup. Ray's our backup, and Travell Delagnev medals. I I firmly believe that that we get a medal with Travell. And anytime you, uh, we don't have the depth to, at many weights, to send our number two guy and expect. A whole lot um and you know there's just no replacing someone like Travell, who i i firmly believe medals uh and i'll say it again uh and he and i promise you he does not get teched by aqua like these other guys he doesn't get smashed like that he's he was the one guy that well certainly not uh, that can well he teched his way through the whole tournament that's not Travell has a beaten him and b gave him a uh nearly beat him last year so i think um uh, yeah, we, we missed him. Reese, I don't know. He said the cut was his best one yet, but he still didn't look himself. Uh, um, not at all. Even the match he won. Yeah, that was. Super yeah, close. well, first of all, his draw was really tough too. Not not an excuse, but he had a really tough one early, mm-hmm. um, and then he just didn't look himself. Um, I know, but like even even the scores he had in that match were like these big move counters. They weren't really. Where he was getting put in the zone and he made a four pointer happen, which is something that Reese has always had the ability to do, but it's yeah, just not, he, a, he it's just not wasn't, sustainable. He method. wasn't assertive, right? It's it's not conducive to winning matches at, at World Championships. Um, but all right, we're we're out of time, but um, we we are we have a lot of stuff to continue to talk about. I would like to talk about the foreigners. Um, when we get to our next show, that'll be Thursday, right, Christian? Thursday, Thursday, indeed. So we we uh, appreciate you guys um, sticking around that that half hour lull and um, letting us dish out a little bit. And as Willie mentioned, we will be back Thursday. Thank you so much once again um, for 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 tuning in and make sure you're getting those. Um, subscriptions and liking on iTunes and all the five star rings all that we will see you next time thanks so much and uh, see you Thursday